thought you'd never get here. Well, I hope you don't expect me to save you, because I don't do that anymore. <laughs> don't worry. I'm long past saving. <laughs> well, don't let me keep you from anything. I'm not in a rush. What did you have in mind? Lots of things. Oh, yeah? And welcome to episode 64 of Do You Expect to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and joining me is the faster than lightning, Dave, and the quicker than a speeding bullet, Chris. How are you? We're both fast. <laughs> Super speedy. Good evening, folks. Good evening. I'm kind of worried that she actually knows about my uh, reputation in the bedroom. No, I don't know anything about that. Anyway... More importantly... <laughs> Just confirm that has no idea. She hasn't had him, folks. <laughs> well, there's quite a big geographical well, distance between us. <gasps> She's built like a pink M1, though. <laughs> That's completely thrown me now. Thank you. When Becca's finished oh. laughing, we'll continue, folks. <laughs> I won't be editing much of that. Carry on. <laughs> He's got services three quarters of the way down the shaft. <laughs> well, this isn't the podcast I was expecting it to be. Me neither, to be fair, but you ended up being filthy. <laughs> <laughs> I was working with you guys for two uh, I blame you solely. <laughs> yeah, Trust... working. This is working, folks. Trust Becca to lower the tone, eh? I know. I've oh, not, not even started yet. Dirty, dirty. Anyway, this time it's all about Superman 3, starring Christopher Reeve, Rich Pryor, Robert Vaughan, Annie Ross, Alec O'Toole, and Pamela Stevenson, with a script by David and Lizzie Newman, with a score by Ken Thorne and George Moreda, directed by Dick Lester once again, and released in 1983. So, what do we reckon of this odd little bod of a Superman movie? Um, It's a bit of a mixed bag, really, isn't it? I mean, I think this has to be one of the most randomness what the fuck film superhero films uh ever to existed i mean i know we've got like things like batman forever and batman and robin coming up but at least they're kind of um they they stay on they they st- they have the same tone this kind of like is one half richard Pryor comedy and one half superman film and both aren't really that very good. I mean, there are some some parts of it which are, which are good, and we'll get to it when we talk about it sequentially. When we talk about like certain scenes or certain moments, and Christopher Reeve is good, uh, and at all um, is a lovely addition as La Lang. Um, but overall, this is a bit of a hodgepodge. Um, Richard Pryor is very likable. Um, I will say, even though he is. Um, regarded as being a bit more, you know, foul-mouthed comedian, but I think he does have a nice sort of um, screen presence. But his character has no consistency or likability, shall I, shall I say? 
whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, a little bit, um, what the fuck are were they thinking? And we'll, <laughs> and I shall get into that as we, uh, as we talk, as we talk about the film sequentially. But, um, but Dave, what did you think? What's your general impressions? I really don't know what to make of this film. When, <laughs> when, when, when I look at something like Batman and Robin, is it that bad? No. Is it even Die Another Day bad, where you just think, well, they have plenty of money, but they had the wrong idea? Is it Octopus no. bad, Dave? Um... Oh, got him there. Well, seeing as he's not, he's not drunk, I'm going to guess no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's really difficult, because I'd rather watch this than Octopussy, but I think Octopussy might be a bit more competent. Oh. But um, <clears throat> I look at it, and it's... Christopher Reeve is as good in this as in the first two. I can tell he's wearing a wig in this one, but I think that must have been his advice from Sean Connery in your third film. Make sure your wig's really obvious. Um, <laughs> you, get, you get paid more, make sure you wear a wig. There we go. I really like Annette O'Toole in this. I, I, I think it's there are positives to it, but at the same time, the first film was an absolute classic, albeit with some flaws. The second film was really flawed but should have been the best in the series and this is just not in the same league so instead of imagining it went batman you know the dark knight returns and then this sorry um not the dark knight return batman returns and then and then sort of batman forever it's more like the nolan films it's a bit more like it went the dark knight uh, sorry batman begins the dark knight and then fucking you know batman and robin Batman Forever or something. It's not as bad as what we're going to get next week. We've still got a leading man that's engaged. We've still got our story that hangs together and kind of makes sense. <coughs> it's not very good, though, and it is a big, big drop-off. So I don't hate it. I can't hate this, but it's not very good. Yeah, for me, it's middling, I would say. Uh, so first of all, this film, obviously, when I was very little and scared by the section where the supercomputer just was it the ultimate computer eats Vera up like a and turns her into like a, a cyborg terrifying um the other two kind of like the the scene in the um in the scrapyard for me i think from that that point onwards they're two very different films um yeah for me very much it's kind of on one, one side it's the less the least superman-esque film in the series so far uh, let's yeah, let's go with so far. So far, dot dot dot. <laughs> that I have seen so far of one, two, and three. Because four, I'm told, will be awful. Um, and some, yeah, some would say bits. Batman versus um, Batman v Superman isn't uh, particularly a good Superman film. Um, I'm intrigued to see it, Superman four, just to put it in context of the Batman v Superman. Just because I'm there's a there's a good film in there somewhere, but I'm not 100 percent certain. What in Superman four? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> Superman. <laughs> I shall let you know about that next week, folks. Um, but yeah, and then the other half of it was obviously the, the Richard Pryor um, vehicle. Um, don't get me wrong, he's a comedy genius, but just not in this film. I don't know if it's just me, if I'm developing a Marco Mode style tin here for comedy, I don't know. Um, but it's okay, some of the effects are a little bit iffy. Um, I like aspects of the score. Um, yeah, you can tell Christopher Reed's heart is still really in it. Um, he does have a bit of an obvious wig, but there we are. Um, I like he, the idea. It won't be next week. That's the no, point. No, thank you. <laughs> he but, still um, tries next week, but 
yeah, he still puts in the effort. It, it's noticeable. Definitely. Um, I like the idea of like a Bizarro Superman ultimate. Oh, I can't speak. Alternate Superman. Um, and kind of plays around with the, with the character and what role he's meant to play like in society um, and also as a superhero. Um, otherwise, it's a bit meh, to be honest. Really middling. I don't know, three hot dogs out of five. Or 2.5 hot dogs out of five. <laughs> average, yeah, so you know, I was thinking four and a quarter nachos out of nine. Out of 10.10, yeah. no. <laughs> Middling is generally my overarching. I, I was thinking three hot, uh, three popcorns out of eleven. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, three popcorns out of eleven nachos. Yeah. I mean, I, I do know what you mean. I mean, it's, it's funny thinking about this film because I do remember growing up watching this film as well. I remember watching it on on like videotape taped on VHS. Remember oh, them? God. Remember them, kids? Remember those? Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I remember like you know what. Well, what and it's weird when you're a kid, you don't actually realise that the the crazy shit that falls before your eyes because you're a kid. You just accept pretty much anything. <laughs> but now, <laughs> as an adult, you're thinking, "What the fuck? What the but, hell were they like, on? What were they like smoking?" The, 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 like the like like the thing with Becca was saying about the the robot lady. Um, that also is a lot of that is scary. I don't think Becca's alone with that. It, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, our generation was pretty terrified by that. Yeah, she's alone. We all fucking toughed it out. She was. <laughs> As I said to you guys on, on our social media uh, thread, um, yeah, I was chatting to my friend. Anyway, hi, Mark. Um, and I'm pretty sure he said that he was pretty much scared by it as well. And there's, I think there's, you know, not, not a very big age gap between us. So. I mean, it is terrifying. I mean, like, I mean, there are, there are certain shots in it. I mean, the film. It is, is... terrifying if you're a total pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're right, a kid, just but... you're older than us. Nah, I'm I'm kidding because frankly, weird things do scare you when you're a kid, and yeah, this would definitely was... fall into that category. Of like, yeah, the effect done to achieve that is a little bit cringy, but the makeup I think is quite good. But just to kind of see, you know, you've got this great big faceless ultimate computer just swallowing somebody whole. Yeah, and you think, what the hell, you know? But um, yeah, I think the the effect is a bit, a bit cheesy now, obviously a bit dated. Um, but when she kind of emerges, I think the makeup I think is quite is very convincing. Um, yeah, and the the overall effect is a little bit terrifying. I mean, to be to be fair, I mean, to fair to, to you about the Richard Pryor thing as well. Um, I'm not surprised you didn't laugh because I did not see any jokes made at all by Richard Pryor. It was just no. basically him like going like Superman. Uh, oh, okay, you want me to. Uh... Build this computer, and I'll just like oh, wear, if, I'll just wear a really funny hat. Desperate, yeah. It I just really hackneyed, desperate. really. I mean, the bit where he kind of skis down the building, obviously with I mean, sort of pink that, wrapped around him. That was probably the, that was just a bit. Oh. Yeah, that's the biggest attempt at humour, and that was basically a pratfall and a pratfall essentially. That is literally a guy on skis falling off a skyscraper, landing on a bit of uh, slanted glass, and then just like wrapped <laughs> in a tablecloth, <laughs> landing. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, not a very unscathed. good practical at that. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Um, they clearly it, spent all their practical budget at the beginning of this film. I, I, I just thought, like, hang on, there's a guy falling off building, where the fuck is Superman? Why is he in the same? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll get to more of these sort of things as we talk about it sequentially, but um, yeah, what, what's kind of interesting is uh, the whole Richard Pryor thing was originally going to be Brainiac, because the whole idea of the supercomputer was originally oh. going to be like uh, the idea for Brainiac and uh, another villain, which I can't... 
Mr. Com- Unpronounceable. Yes, Mr. Well, it is Mr. Something or other. I, I, I don't know. It's but or something. Yeah. I can't pronounce the name. Yeah, but uh, Mr. Unpronounceable. Yes, Mr. Unpronounceable. Um, so it, it's a name entirely made out of consonants. Yeah. So you just imagine what basically the main villain was going to be, Brainiac, and he decided just to Do change that. You mean that. Mr. Mixelplick? Yeah, that's the one I can't pronounce it. Listeners, I think you'll agree I fucking bossed that, didn't I? You did. Yes, I did. <laughs> right, carry on, folks. Um, I wondered, was Lex Luthor Richard going to be uh, in it as well as um, um, as uh, Robert Vaughn? <clears throat> the Robert Vaughn character. He's clearly playing Luther. Yeah, but Luther in the traditional sense, in the sense that he's a business tycoon who's beloved by millions, but really is just an evil shitbag. <laughs> Lots yeah, of sock banter as well, which we all love. Lots of sock banter. Yeah. <laughs> what about socks? Oh, I don't. I, mean, I mean, fair play. I mean, coffee I and think... oil. <laughs> Who knew that controlling the world's coffee supply would be a re- inroad to, you know, world domination? Or something, you know? Who knew you could invent a machine that controlled the weather? Yeah, that's the main thing. It, it's there to gauge the weather. Now, apparently, you can create it. <laughs> <laughs> by computer and what we, we'll get we'll get to it when we go through scene to scene but computer programming appears to be basically typing into the computer what you want it to do literally <laughs> that's it it's it, yeah it's just a, like it's just a knacky you got it you haven't you know that's that's what put you yeah you can is. either like type what you want or you can't and you, can, and you can desire like entire complex uh, comp- uh, computer like that could do anything you tell it to, just by doing a drawing of it. As, as, <laughs> as, yeah, as long as your um, as long as your um, requirements are exactly what you type in. <laughs> I'll carry that with my dad, who's been in IT for many years. Hmm. <laughs> um, is there any box office info you'd like to provide to us, Dave? Um, <clears throat> only that the first film was about 55 million, the second was about 54. This is 39, so without Dick Donner there and without any sunk cost already, it's kind of um, it's now at the point that they're doing it as cheaply <clears throat> as they can. So, yeah, um, and that's all there is to say, really. It, it took about I think I've said already, it takes a less than a third of what the first film took. Um, we're not surprised, really, but, I mean, it took half of what the... It took half on its opening re- weekend, and it took, like, a third to a quarter overall, which says that, like, the word of mouth wasn't very good. I, I, I'd wonder whether it's just, like, the appetite for Superman may have died down, or do you think that just the... I mean, obviously, the word of mouth wasn't very good. You'd think it was just put off by the fact that this is just a bit strange. This is just a bit... This isn't Superman. Richard, like, Richard Pryor's in here. What What the fuck's going on? Well, I mean, I don't know because I, I was very, like, enthusiastic for it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, the world was. I was only, mm. like, six. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I really don't know. but But certainly whether you judge opening weekend or the end of it all, whatever the case, it's past its peak at this point. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think the direction they took it didn't help things, did it? Uh, Have we got any more? Should we just crack on with it sequentially? Should we say? Why not? Let's try that. Yeah, let's just get on with it. So we start... 
first shot before we get to the titles, we is Richard Pryor at the doll in, uh, in the doll office getting rejected. Basically saying, yeah, that basically you're... say right, even out of, out of work for was it said six weeks or something, and no more benefits for now, you, basically. I, I mean, here's part of my problem with this characterization of the of the character. So early on in the film, um, yeah, it's straight off, straight off the bat. It's where, well, it's it's related to like where they continue with it. Now we are kind of like to gather that we're kind of sympathetic to him, to to a degree, you know. I mean, he's kind of like he gets he's with the bad guys, but kind of reluctantly. He's kind of like you know, forced yeah, just to make a fast buck. Yeah, he's out of work. Well, kind of like for, but I just don't see. Here's the problem. Here's, here's my problem for shut off the gate, and. I don't mean to have a go at the unemployed, um, but he is the uh, negative stereotype of the unemployed, which is, I don't want to work, because the, the, I don't want to work, I just want my, my benefits, I just want money for not really doing much. You know, because he, 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 you know, the the the, uh, the pro officer actually sort of goes through like, oh, well, you had this job. He's like, yeah, but I'm not interested in cleaning plates. You know, what 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 am I supposed to do? I was like, oh, well, I... I don't know, and for the entire film, he literally does not want to work. He clearly just wants a fast book. He wants to just have money and get paid, and that's it. And I, straight off the gate, I just think, okay, so this is going to be a morality tale. He's going to learn something, isn't he, from this? You know, we're going to build up from that. I suppose we'll get to that, but straight off the but straight off the bat, he doesn't learn anything. Like, well. Well, I'll just spoil the ending there. He doesn't learn anything. <laughs> but, you know, straight, straight off the bat, like, okay, why should we care about this person? Like, well, why, you know, I mean, if, you know, straight off the bat, he's not particularly a likeable person to to set and to, to start the film off. And on, on the top of that, the, the film, like, sort of nudges him and says, oh, you can work as a computer tech, uh, work for this computer company, which... Which, but lo and behold, be the next scene we see him in. And I just thought, why don't you just have him already as a computer guy? Therefore, you wouldn't have all the bullshit of him like, oh, I don't know, I've just, I've just like, I've just, I've just discovered code miraculously, you know. Why, yeah, why, why can't not, he just be a disgruntled employee? Why can't he just be a disgruntled employee who's like, who's struggling to pay his rent and. And he's getting passed down. He's getting like you know, sort of pissed off at work. He's always giving giving the appreciate and start a film off that way. Surely that makes more sense and does not impact the narrative of the film one bit. But yet we start off with him in the fucking doll office. He's like, I don't know, I'm just a bum. I don't know. And I'm just thinking, well, what's what impact does that actually have on the whole film? Instantly, right there and then, I thought, well, <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt like a like a script doc. Doctor, watching this film, like yeah, all think... you got to do, all you got to do is find a programmer who's a bit desperate for whatever reason. Yeah, but no, we've got to see him find that he's a, a genius and he just didn't know it. But for what avail? <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, just straight. It just seems like the most stupidest thing in the world. And this is where I like, think because because he doesn't like want to work i was like you know if he, if he was like at the doll sort of like and and we were given the story how like life has just shattered him i'll be fine with it but because he's literally sort of doing a whole like you know 
kind of going, yeah, well, you know, you know, not not really interested, you know, like sort of, you know, I I, I go in and it's like plates and shit, you know, it's just like, are we supposed to like this guy? Like, really? They haven't thought about it. They're just like, well, it's Richard Pryor. We want him in the film. Yeah, I just yeah. So right out of the gate, thought, okay, well, this is odd. This is straight. I mean, I say it's right out of the gate, knowing where the film goes. But right, I thought, right, okay, why have you done that? Um, sorry, I've just talked for for this for this scene. What do you guys think? Well, that pretty much sums it up. I think. Um, I mean, then I was trying to piece together. I mean, first of all, that sort of the slapstick that we get, and that's kind of the introduction as well. Um, usually, I think it's you know, I'm sort of a big fan of physical comedy, but this is just ridiculous um although the the mime and it's called just in case which i think is quite amusing um oh you yeah, talk no, about I, the opening credits yeah the opening credits yeah it just it was just like you know just just give, give it away just to ignore it um but no i, I agree it would have been better just to have him as some kind of disgruntled it employee is always passive promotion just wanting to make a bit of extra money and sort of hack into the system and embezzle all the funds that way rather than the only the only link i could I could try to tenuously make um, was obviously during sort of you know the Reagan era with like high unemployment um, and obviously like benefits being things like that for example um, and also linked to the era that we live in now but um, that's the only kind of link to sort of Reagan like America that I could maybe tenuously make uh, to, to the scene but it's like surely there are other ways to do it no it's just it's poorly thought out I think I mean it's, it's kind of insulting to anyone who's unemployed because I'm sure there's plenty of like people unemployed who are like literally trying to get a job and unless you would take anything and it's like well then this doesn't represent us <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I, it, it's kind of like a slap in the face in, in my opinion you know if, if you know if i was unemployed i'd just be like fuck you <laughs> no that's it i mean obviously the kind of the way the system's working in, in here in, in america also you know vastly different and obviously you've got the 20 or dear 30 or dear age gap too um but yeah, I think I think just obviously being in that position myself was just like what you know it's not representative at all yeah but yeah it, it, it would have been better and also it would have made you know his character a lot more sympathetic to us if he'd just been some disgruntled employee who suddenly snapped up. It it, um, it just would have made more sense. <laughs> it would, yeah, it made more narrative and plot sense. Anyway, Dave, what did you reckon? Yeah, I think I've already said what I think about it. Really, I just think that. I mean, I think the the, the casting of Richard Pryor is a problem anyway because it, who's it aimed at? Who's it for? Who, who who do they think will like this? But I mean, he does his best with it. Um, the, the only thing I remember thinking was 36 weeks, really, that's it. You just cut off to starve. But then we're kind of British and Americans, <laughs> you know. They get four minutes holiday a year and, you know, no benefits for anything, you know. They're very, the Americans make me laugh. They're very interested in, like, the fetus. You know, that's a life and we must cherish it. But as soon as you're born, no one gives a shit about you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there you go. No, that that's all I really want to say on it. I think it's a pointless scene. I think Chris is completely right. You've hit, hit the uh, nail on the head there. I think. Okay. And uh, yeah, and then we get to the title sequence, which is horrific in my opinion. Worst titles ever <laughs> in the Superman yeah, series. You, you have to. I like, think this is a fucking Superman film. <laughs> and it, I mean, for starters, it like. When when the title for Superman is there, Superman's not even shown up yet, and it's just like a series of like it's a series of phone booths like sort of just like collapsed on top of each other, and 
And, and that's not even mentioned how fucking awful it looks anyway. I mean, it's all blurred at the bottom and shit. It's fucking awful. That's the point. If you're going to do a load of physical comedy, don't blur out a third of the screen. Yeah, that's so not a good idea. On. It's just like, oh, what is going on here? So, essentially, you got like a load of pratfalls, uh, get custard pies in the face, pe- a bucket of paints on the head, um... Superman penguins sh- on fire. Superman penguins sh- on fire. Yeah, Superman shows up to save a guy drowning in his own car, but does fuck all for a stop like a bank robbery, which we just happened literally <laughs> just around the corner from that. <laughs> you know, Clark's obviously just like sort of sh- strolling around, completely oblivious. It's it's fucking awful. What do you think, guys? I th- I can't understand why the guy can't get out of that car. What for the world? It, 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 it's it's, just, it's, it's, it's trying kind of like to be funny opening. and it's not. None of it's funny. It's not hatefully bad either. I've seen a lot worse, but not funny. Yeah, it, it's for me. It's more of a case of what the fuck were you thinking, rather than like going, "Oh my god, this is awful." It's just... I just often think with this stuff, who's it aimed at? Yeah. When I watch shit comedy, particularly with somebody like Richard Pryor in it, you think, "Well, okay, well, who are you aiming that at then?" He's got an extended reputation in terms of like comedy. I mean, he's done you know far funnier films, but in terms of this, this isn't this particular style of, of credit sequence, for example. There's it's not a superhero movie. It's not a Superman movie. Um, who is the audience here? Is it, is it a kids film? Well, is you it, know, uh, in fairness, is it kind to, of Superman parody. What's going on? In fairness to Pryor, I mean, the, the, I mean, I think the fault of the film is purely all down the the, the writing and and the directors. You know, uh, on, the, on the production, really. I think Pryor does actually a good job. I think he's actually a likable presence. And I think even, like, as a kid, even though on paper you think Dave is right, who the fuck's his aim for? But Pryor actually does a good job. Uh, yeah, he's fine. It's not a problem. I don't know why um, they've cast him, but yeah. he's fine. But, yeah, the, the problem is, like, down to <laughs> what they actually do with it. With it, You know, it's just, Why? Uh, so yeah, you start the film. You got basically a lot, lot of pratfalls, like a blind guy walking around with a thing. Ha ha ha! Very funny. Um, and uh, where do we, where, where do we go from here? Do we go back to Daily Planet, where basically Lois gets told to fuck off to Hawaii for like for the rest of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, it's Bahamas, is it? Is it? Is it, what, is it it's somewhere, somewhere. She's off on holiday with a briefcase, not a suitcase, a briefcase. <laughs> a briefcase. It's very important. Yes, and Clark's back is uh, going to Smallville to write a story on um, his reunion. As if, as if, like, reunion. As if mean, one of the... God for days, that's all they've got to do. They've got to write one article. How many um, edition? How many copies do they think that's going to sell? I mean, he, <laughs> I mean he, he's out of commission for, a, you know, like a week for this. A week this. at the most. <laughs> Just, just on the ship, like, can you imagine picking up like something like, I don't know, the Guardian or the Times or something like that, and just, and just like picking up, thinking like, someone reading about one, of the, one of the journalists going on some fucking school union. <laughs> like, you're thinking, <laughs> why am I reading this shit? And he was out of commission for a week. Because Slow news day, clearly. So fucking fascinating. <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, I think, I think maybe obviously because you know, if he is in, into the, into the series, and you know, Superman isn't kind of big news, and he's known and everything as well. Um, but one one thing I did spot, there are quite a good. Uh, we'll go through them as we go through it sequentially. Um, there's some really good cameos in this film. <laughs> I tried to pick out little 
interesting bits. Well, I noticed Shane Rimmer. Yeah, he's a cop in it this time. Um, and we've got Hector Gonzalez from For Your Eyes Only as the um, instructor um, in the computer programming centre. Oh, um, shit, yeah, I thought I recognised him. Yeah, and there's a couple more interesting ones as we'll go through as well. Um, but yeah, so this is why I was quite bored <laughs> watching this section of the film. I was like, oh, it's Hector Gonzalez from For Your Eyes Only. Oh, it's Shane Rimmer. Oh, it's this. And, and, anyway. uh, and uh, yeah, was it um, Larry Lamb as well? He's at the end. Yeah, he's, he turns up as a miner near the end. I noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lady from the Philadelphia adverts as well. She's in there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't who you thought it was. That was Pete, That was um, an ex-wife of Peter Davidson and I'm blanking on her name. No, it was, yeah, because she was in... Um, yeah, she was Mrs. Peter Davidson, um, Doctor Who actor. Yeah. Um, and also she was in um, the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy as well. Mm-hmm. So, where do we... So, ba- yeah, basically... Well, but I don't think that's right. Sorry? I wouldn't say Sandra Dickinson, but I do think that's right. I think that might be right. I think that might is. be right, yeah. So, where, yes. do, where do we go next? Well, basically, we go to... Um, I forget where we go to next. Do we, do we go to Richard Pryor in the computer room? Uh, yeah. Now, what is it? Richard Pryor doesn't understand the concept of tax. What's yeah, they, kind of go, they go to great lengths to kind of explain it, don't they? Also, you've got this kind of, was it one quarter of a, of a cent or something? And it's basically embezzlement, essentially, doesn't it? By, by skimming the the rest of you know off of your. Off no, your if you like, worked it work out, like if you said right, if he earned let's say a grand a month, right, and you took the difference between that and eighty five grand a month and worked it out at half a p for every single person who works for that company, they have to have seventeen million employees. Which makes me think this might be bollocks. Just <laughs> <laughs> do the calculations. Hmm. I did. I did it earlier. I thought this doesn't look right. Oh, did you? <laughs> Come on then. I did. I, thought, I worked it out. I was like, well, half a p, everybody. Okay. Um. Yeah. Doesn't work. Nope. Of, oh, shit. <laughs> so you can't. You can't commit fraud this way then, no. No. Don't do nope. it. No. Nope, don't, don't do it, it folks. Because like, I'll it. be there to go. That's not right. <laughs> Get an honest job. Sort yourself out, folks. Don't <laughs> <laughs> whether, whether you're a, a genius computer whiz or not. Doesn't understand the concept of tax because he gets his first payslip and he's like, what the fuck is FICA or whatever they call it over there? Despite him cl- clearly being over uh, in uh, over 30. Clearly. Yeah, it's like in his 40s <laughs> at this point. <laughs> like, it's like it's if he's like some kid who's literally got his first job. It's like, well, well we got taxed. <laughs> Life insurance, national insurance. What is this? I've got to pay. What's... Oh dear. Maybe that's the, the fact. He's he's never actually worked, and he's forever been on the dole queue. I I don't know. It's it's frustrating. There's just really poorly written as the scene. Yeah. So this is after he's just like figured like you know code. You know, just by typing on a few things. I don't know. I just don't know how I, you know. I don't know. I don't know. And just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, just decides to sort of like give him a massive paycheck. And he goes, For why, I don't know. But, um. <laughs> so, where, so, where, so, where do you go to? So, because uh, Clark visit his uh, old, older. Uh, the old old union and meets Lyle Lang. Well, on the way there. Oh he... yes, of course. Now, this is weird. He passes some fucking factory, 
some chemical factory. And it turns out that, like, if you drop a sheet of ice on them, A, they won't get hurt, and B, that will rain for about an hour. (laughs) And, of course, we don't have rain here. in. We have lots of lots of rain in the UK here. But, obviously, nothing ever catches fire, because if it rains, it sorts it out. Mm. Doesn't this apply might, in this film. This might be bullshit too. <laughs> in, in I'm not film, convinced. I'm not sure, but it might be. No, in, in this film, weather doesn't behave how you want how it should behave in nature. <sighs> and how stupid is Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, I'll hang directly over <laughs> a burning inferno just to get take a fucking picture. Yeah, he just completely disregards health and safety, doesn't he? Of what and why? Because <laughs> Perry had a go at me saying my phone was on good enough. Yeah, um, even though even though that his folder does did look pretty nasty, I must admit it was kind of odd seeing though torn the film as kind of very colourful and platformish. His fall did look a little bit ah, oh, that's you know that looked like it it hurt. Um, but yeah, yeah it was quite we, painful. I, I winced at that moment. I was we, like, ow. We do get into introduction uh, to like this acid that is harmless unless it heats up. Oh, I can't imagine that will come back again. <laughs> no, no, sure. no. That's never going to be an important plot point later on in the film. No, never. No, but um, yeah, and yeah, looking like strawberry jam. But no, I, l- I love how this guy's just there, just like just got to make sure that you know got to stay under. Like why, like how how are you controlling? <laughs> <laughs> you just sat there with your clipboard. I've got to protect the acid. Oh. I'm just like wondering, like, what are you actually doing? Like, oh, he's, he's very always, serious. Superman always flies over and says, "Tell me about it. What's going on?" <laughs> and it's like, well, the, the place is on fire, and there's a load of acid in there. What? What do you need to know? <laughs> I was giving you the most important highlights. Yeah. So, so yeah, we have um, yeah we see Shane Moore this time changing career as a cop, um, rather than NASA. He obviously got bored of NASA and decided to <laughs> join the police force. Probably traumatized um, by having like three supervillains killers. No, that's it. Um, yeah, I think from there on, yeah, we go to the um, Smallville reunion, don't we? Um, yeah, um, and we get into into black tie, black tie, black tie, and Brad is Sweet played by Jim, Jack Plachy from Never Say Never Again. What do you think of the re- reunion? I was kind of surprised to hear Earth Angel. Yeah, I've I got thought, a fun fact about that later actually, on. Actually, I thought it was going into Earth Angel and then I thought it didn't. No, the, the song does get played um, okay. during, during that section. so And a couple of other tunes as well. So right, got obviously... but, but we're all loving it so far, yeah? Yes. Yeah, and it, yeah, definitely. And there's uh, definitely the um, Back to the Future style Man. vibe going on. Well, yeah, this was like before Back to Feature, though, right? Wasn't it? Because this is eighty three yeah, years before. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So. so yeah, Earth Angel is uh, is, is you know it's not a Back to Feature thing; it's a Superman free thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, see. Uh... <laughs> well, it's interesting to kind of, you know, and it was kind of made in the same era as it were. Um, it's interesting to kind of you know how how the two films kind of reference each other, which is quite interesting um, in terms of their soundtrack. Uh, I just can't remember what, where we actually go. So, uh, so basically, we get introduced to Lao Lang, uh, and it's Lana. Damn yeah, it. and you know she is lovely. Um, I, I do actually think her um, that yeah her and um, Annette and Chris Reeve have really good chemistry um, in this I film. I think she's great. It's, it's one of the high points I think of the movie for me. Um, they do have such a good relationship. Um, it's a bit sad that we don't 
obviously we don't need to see um what's the name? <laughs> we don't need to see Lois Lane. Um but I think his also relationship with Lana as well, which is which is really interesting and it's I'm just really pleased that they have such good chemistry because otherwise it would be dead this film. Yeah, I just well, it's one reason why I think it would have been better off just to have Lois Lane killed off in the second one. Then <gasps> we don't have to worry about oh, no. having like, oh, what, 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 what's happening with Lois? You know, kind of thing. It's like it's like a progression from it. Um, yeah, she's. I think wholesome is. I think it almost sounds dirty saying that word. Wholesome. Um, oh, yeah, that, that's probably yeah. But you know, in a good way. In a good way. She's just like very clean cut. You know, sort of small town girl. Uh, Living in a horny world. <laughs> she took the midnight, <laughs> midnight train. train. <laughs> Going <laughs> <Went> anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she, um, she, yeah. She like you know she's got like her son Ricky married to like the biggest dickhead ever. Um, yeah, Jack Patachi from Never Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not married. He's just a dick who's wanted her since she was a kid. Uh, uh, a kid <laughs> since she was at school. Yeah, she's a school bully. They're not married. He's just an oh, arsehole. I, I thought they were getting divorced. No, oh, not okay. at all. Oh, okay. he, she just, he, she's, but she is definitely slightly guilty about he doesn't have a father, that doesn't look good. Yeah. So yeah, she's another kind opened. Of like 80s, well, not, not 80s stereotype, but it's all obviously sort of trope of a single mum, obviously with that stigma. Yeah, 80s well. women were dodgy. <laughs> and I, I, it's I, like I, the big shoulder pads and big hair, single mum, that's it. Yeah. And I did wonder about this scene because I, I was thinking about sort of um, Clark, and Clark's playing it as if he's geeky Clark, uh, Clark in the in, uh, in in Metropolis. But I think would he actually be acting like that back in Smallville? Because in Smallville, wouldn't he be more um, a little bit more himself, a little bit? Well, they did. They did definitely decide to make Clark less um, bumbling in this. Yeah. But it does get silly. I mean, does anyone believe, like, an eight-year-old boy or whatever he is smashes all the fucking pins? Yeah, that was with the help of a super sneeze. I think yeah, that was a bit, it's that just was a bit like, silly, well, but... that, just super made sneeze. Look fucking... yeah. <laughs> That's what I called it a super... I don't know I mean, what it's called, but I called it a super sneeze. I mean, to be honest, I kind of like that scene. I kind of like the, uh, the the bowling scene, uh, even though, like, the the sneezy, the sneeze effect... Was a bit yeah, too he's trying to stand up to Brad, isn't he, and say, "Look, you know, it's much better if he does it on his own rather than yeah. have some guy show how it's done." He goes, oh, "Go on, you know, you, you know, you try it, you have a go," and just at the point he goes, Achoo! and then blows down all the pins. Yeah, it's, it's better. It's better than actually sort of just beating up Brad. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's trying to you know be, do do things a diplomatic way. Yeah, and trying to kind of be more of a father figure to to the boy than than Brad can ever be, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And then so, doing super sneeze, not done Yeah, and, and super sneeze. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so and, and Brad's like one of the most annoying kids in the world. I must, I must admit. Um, on top of that, so we go. So essentially, um, we get introduced to uh, the the villain of the piece, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, Napoleon Solo as not Lex yeah. Luthor. Uh, as not Lex Luthor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not. <laughs> Lex Luthor, but by another name. So basically, he catches Gus, uh, Richard Pryor's character, red-handed, and uh, instead of like, to not commit fraud. Yeah, instead of how he, he he kind of goes, oh god, why don't you do some computer shit and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> do it for me? Yes. <laughs> and That's it, basically, what he says. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, at this point, you kind of understand cause he's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I don't, I don't want to go back to being unemployed, so I'll, I'll. 
do what you want to do, Mr. Rich Guy. Because so from this point, I kind of understand his his motives. Um, but yeah, he's a bit lightweight. He's he's got like a, a kind of like it's a joke about his sister like looking like his mum, but actually she's younger. And yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? There's there's kind of there's an odd sort of relationship there between Ross and and, and Vera, but I don't think that's never fully explored in the film. Um, but anyway, <laughs> and you basically got like Pamela even doing her version of Miss Tessmacher, but with a little more squeaky voice. In a very squeaky voice in a big American accent. This but she's is actually really clever. So funny, it's not very good. <laughs> no, I feel really bad for Pamela Stevenson here. I mean, it's like, because she's in um, not the nine o'clock news. It's hilarious, and it's so clever. Um, but yeah, here she's just reduced to not Miss Tessmacher, and um, who's actually looks like a bum bimbo, but may actually be half. You know, he's got half a brain. But it's just not. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't cling together very well. No, it doesn't. So, uh, we where should we go next? Should we go to the uh, the picnic? <gasps> Buster nearly gets smushed in the threshers. Oh no! I was worrying about the dog than the kid. Jesus. <laughs> really? Oh dear. Yes. No, it's um, it's uh, this is quite the scene is quite tense. I think because if you've got three threshers kind of like advancing, you think, oh no. So, when the more tense scenes in the film. I, I I don't know about you, but I kind of felt like um. Super, Superman was a bit of a dick to that uh, fresher driver. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, just I, 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 driver said, "Are you oh, Is he okay? Oh my god, is he okay? Yeah, <laughs> and he, and he, he fucking answer. He, 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 he kind of just like glares at him, as if saying, "Like you should be watch where you're going," kind of kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, how the fuck anything. can he possibly know? How can he even see? He's just like they're chuckling wrong, you know. Um, also, I did wonder, like, what the fuck's that rock doing there? Because surely that. That would cause a problem with the, for the fresher as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, there was that. We also. <laughs> it's almost of America. You're not doing a good job. Yeah, I, I just thought that that reaction was a bit weird. Cause normally Superman's like, "Don't worry, he's safe." You know, what kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's okay. He's all right, sir. Yeah. Know. But it's just. He probably actually caused physical damage to his machine. <laughs> yeah, he's just a bit of a dick, and um, <laughs> you know, he's probably still pissed off. It's just like dog food. To be honest with you. Probably that's it. Yeah it, yeah, it wasn't the fake kryptonite; it was the dog food that that turned him bad. The pate. But no, we, yeah, we see in the scenes that follow, we do see um, Superman become more a bit of a dick, don't we? Well, yeah. Um, so um, <laughs> yeah, he he he, do, he does the whole like, oh, you know, uh, I've just saved Ricky. Oh, where's Clark? Oh, I'm here. I've just found a dog. You know, um, which is okay. Um, and then. It's not brilliant, though, is it? No, none of it is. It's, it's um, average, decidedly average. Oh. This really frustrates me because they have the kind of you know sort of parade. So, oh, yeah, thank you, Superman, one thing or another. Um, I think, as far as I'm aware, um, and then that is it's crashed by Richard Pryor and t- um, pretending to be like an army general. No, we're skipping ahead here um, because um, uh, they 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 fixed the weather machine to kind of. Um, yeah, Richard Pryor fixes the, the 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 weather machine to kind of like sort of to destroy crops in Colombia, uh, <laughs> and and we get treated to uh, Richard Pryor tells us about what Superman did while seeing short clips of of Superman saving like saving saving the saving things, but doing all these fantastic things while Richard Pryor explains it. Well, explains that's it the to point. You. They're they're trying to cut the budget, so instead of showing us. 
they have him describe it with the odd like shot. And you think can you imagine I thought the opposite pro- show don't tell. That's probably what they had in mind. They probably saw Richard Pryor do that thing on Johnny uh, Carlson and think Ah, yeah. oh, that's an idea. We can just get him to do like one thing, we'll save like those big um sequence and save a lot of money. That's a great idea. Great idea if I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no. It's just I mean like starts like who has a fucking like snow top uh, hill uh, hillside on top of a skyscraper with next to no barriers whatsoever. Yeah, he could have gone flying off that. Well, he did. But no. <laughs> he did. And he survived but he did. it. <laughs> with a pink tablecloth. Yeah. It was a miracle how he survived that. That was an absolute miracle. Yeah, it was, some, yeah, it was pretty much one of the tallest buildings in Metropolis. Sorry, if not New York. Yeah. And um, yeah, he just like, oh, no, I'll just like land on top of like the a glass scene that's the slightly slanted and just <laughs> and just land on the pavement just like you know will it like calm as anything um yeah so uh basically the the not Lexi Luther Napoleon Solo <laughs> not Luther. decides to right well in that case then we need to kill Superman uh, and they do the whole thing. Oh, didn't he do it? Into, oh, didn't I think? Oh, did, did we think about Kryptonite? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that you know that's the you know that famous thing that you know that, fa- <laughs> that kills Superman. Yeah, everyone, everyone fucking like it's everyone like knows. Oh, anyway, so they decided to that uh, Ricky uh, is having a birthday party, and he's one of these really fucking annoying kids. It's like I really want Superman there. I really want Superman what there. What is it with 80s kid? I was one of them. That stupid bowl fucking haircut. I don't know. <laughs> that was such an 80s thing. What was it about mothers in the 80s that just cut this fucking hair this way? <laughs> I don't know. But you know, Lana Lang is a sim- you know single mum. She's got to do things on the cheap. She's on a budget. She's going to do it herself, isn't she? So. Mm, brilliant. So I think it must be eighties style. Next week I think. Is more annoying, but there you go. <laughs> I mean, like the arrogance of this kid. Like, can Superman come to my birthday party? No, no. He's got no, better no, things to do. That. He announces Superman is coming to his birthday party <laughs> before all of this. And 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 Clark and Clark does it because. You know, he's like, secretly wants to bone um, Lana Lang, you know, as if he's not learned anything from the past two films. <laughs> she totally wants him too. Yeah, that 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 is true, but, you know, it, it's okay. So, so Superman shows up, everyone, like, makes a big deal of it, Superman, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, a thing, and uh, Richard Pryor finds some what he thinks is kryptonite, or what he believes to be kryptonite. I, I, have, I have an issue with this whole plan. Right. If you're trying to try and kill Superman, at least at least Lex Luthor had the thought, I know, I'll put it in a lead box so he won't see it. And then I'll get him close and open open, and open, open the lead box and I'll get him. He literally walks up with kryptonite. His plan is like... What he gonna... believes to be kryptonite. Yeah. And like you think if that was generally going to have the same effect... Suits would just go like, uh, no, that's kryptonite. Get that, fu- get that shit away from me now. That's because it's <laughs> got that unknown, off. you know, the unknown ingredient. Which yeah, we understand he, he why it doesn't up, work, know. but he thinks the plan. I mean, the, the plan itself. When Luther, when Luther has kryptonite, he hides it, and then deliberately looks in that direction. So he goes there and finds it, and then it's too late. Richard but Pryor he... thinks he's got the same stuff. And he basically turns up with it on a piece of paper. 
<laughs> Here you are. Here's that, machine. Here's that compound you ordered on a bit of paper. Yeah. Andy, whether you like his riffing or not, it's not good here, is it? No. He's been better. It's probably the closest thing he's got to humour, really. Um, but, yeah, he's just like, we're going to give you this green mole thing. Right, nice one. Cheers, thank you. Brilliant, yep. thanks. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> <Thanks for that. laughs> and so, so yeah, so the plan's just fucking stupid anyway. So I don't mean I, I don't know why Superman's not even suspicious uh, about this whole thing anyway. Right, so, Superman doesn't immediately die. <laughs> so no, he, drop he calls up. He calls up like um, uh, what's he called Webster or whatever he's called, and says, "I didn't kill him. It didn't work." And he goes, "I asked you to do that one simple thing." <laughs> One simple thing. Kill the most invulnerable being we've ever known <laughs> on the face of the planet. And you failed. Because that's the easiest thing you can do. It's, they use it in the trailer, and I'm not sure whether it's meant to be fun. I don't know whether that they're actually trying to be funny here, or whether like they, cause they, they do it so deadpan. I'm, that's I'm not, not I'm a not... great side, is it? <laughs> Are they trying to be funny? We don't know. <laughs> but I think because he's doing it so deadpan, he says it so seriously as well. So I'm not. I I do wonder whether they are aware, but it's still a little bit. I'm unsure. An about awful this. lot of what uh, an awful lot of what Richard Pryor did was improvised. Yeah, and I know that he was allowed to riff, but I I can't think of anything like it. I mean, I don't want to say Chubby Brown because he's not like Roy Chubby Brown. He was a lot more nuanced and intelligent than that. But his market was not children. and But they kept putting him in films that had like a confused audience. Like They put him in the toy where there were like threesomes jokes, but it was surprisingly, supposedly for kids. Mm. And it's the same here. It's like, well, they've seen him on Carson. He's popular in the United States, particularly. So they thought, there's a great idea. And... I don't know that the average six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old knows who Richard Pryor is. Uh, the other thing is, he's having to moderate himself. So you're not getting pure Richard Pryor anyway. So I'm really confused as to what this is for. So where do we go from here now? We, uh, we've had him well, on we the phone. Have Superman starting to like misbehave and shit. Oh, we, yeah. We've we <laughs> missed the whole thing about the couple. It's supposed to be funny. They've won the lottery. Oh, oh the couple winning the lottery, yes. And what? going to um, America. What that, yeah. what that sort of like big mechanism that's in Perry White's office? Yeah. <laughs> the lottery machine. I think funny. obviously at the, at the time there was kind of like a, a trend um, for sort of, was it bingo, jingo, obviously bingo machines. Um, to kind of, You know, it was quite common. And sort of, um, I'm not sure about the UK. I can't really comment, but like in terms of like America... Um, sort of newspapers and magazines in that in the 1980s that was quite it was quite common um, but I think towards the end of the 80s and 90s there's a lot of sort of people who have been in journalism print journalism especially uh, for a long time um, were of the opinion that it kind of cheapened it that's sort of extent obviously we live in di- very different times today um, but I think that was a kind of a, that was a common sort of having a lottery or raffle element that was a common thing of sort of magazines and newspapers at the time well so, I, so I've read so yeah, I can quite believe that. I can see why they've come up with this as an idea. But it's meant to be like top comedy. But it's not. It's not top drawer at all. I know. They go to like um, Columbia. 
And as far as they know, they've just encountered a freak weather event and they come back desperate to sue. Which is well, he's, he's like, he's weird. got like, a big neck brace on and she's got a broken arm. I know, whilst, like, uh, whilst, whilst, whilst Lois is wandering around some hot climate with a briefcase with mm-hmm. a bikini in it. She got, Well, she starts the movie orange and she comes back orange, so I don't, you know. I know, she wasn't looking good. She's tangoed throughout. She has, but like, would you go? You turn up at work for your last day before you going holiday, going on holiday. So you bring your briefcase with you, with just your bikini top. Smallest bikini known to man. That's it. No bikini <laughs> bottoms. No Baby, other. Or where she's going. And no other evidence. Nothing else. <laughs> on holiday. No other luggage. Like, it's just shorthand, isn't it? It's kind of done for budget. It's shorthand for this film's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dave's oh, gone for like being like, yeah, it's okay, it's not very good. To like, I fucking okay. hate this film. <laughs> I don't hate it. I really don't. But it's like the moment you go, what's that about then? It's like, well, clearly no thought. They've made no, this it's... film just because like we ought to make a Superman film again, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Contractual obligations. That's um, it. And it's kind of it, it takes you out of the film, doesn't it? it? Sort of seems like like this where you sort of think, oh, well, they, they could have done a couple more takes, or they could have done that a different way. Uh, it, just, it, takes, like, it takes you out of the moment. Like imbeciles. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to look him up a minute. Hang on a minute. Mark McClure, right? Mark McClure has a line in this at one point where he says, um, all of the people I went to school with are still at school. Oh. All right. He was 26 when this was released. <laughs> he does look quite young, though. He's got a sort of youthful face. He, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't look like 17 or something. Well, no, but he, he's kind of fairly young. But good, isn't it? <laughs> Brilliant. So, so where do we go from here? Come on then. So basically, um, Superman's just hanging around at the Lara Lang's place, um, and he's like all acting all like cash, like oh, it doesn't matter. I don't okay. need to go and save these people. It's fine. They can wait. I'll get, I there. get there. In time. Yeah. <laughs> and he just starts like being. Like, I mean, Chris Reeve is good as being like a bit as. Dick Superman, um, <laughs> and then you know cause he kind of like goes, oh yeah, crap, what am I doing? So he, go, he goes to save. He's like, what can I do to help? Well, if only you got here five minutes later. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> a bit late now, Superman. I mean, like, I mean, did did he manage? To, I mean, did the um, the services manage to save the, those people? I'm too sure. I mean, no, or... but in his defence, he was on the cop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he was on the pool. But um, yeah, and he managed to straighten out he straightens out the leaning tower of Pisa and rather stupidly not like the Olympic flame. <laughs> yeah, he just if go my like one, if my one sales point was that my building was at like, I don't know, a seventy five degree angle or something. You wouldn't want if, to rectify that, would if you? If it suddenly got like straightened up, I'm not sure I'd get like a load of fucking statues of that made. I'm formerly leaning tower of Pisa. Here's a straight building. I'm 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 not sure that that building would still be standing. I mean, like, I, I, like if you go to the Town of Pisa and push it straightwards, it would just it would just no. fall down, crumble. Yeah, yeah it literally would. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I love the fact that they have so evidently been nowhere near Pisa. No, clearly it's <laughs> um, rear projection. I love the fact that evil Superman, apart from the fact he goes into a bar, which is a bit edgy and, and adult. He basically blows out. He basically blows out a torch. 
<laughs> and uh, and and pushes a building. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Pushes I mean, building like, straight. The, the footage they showed before of kind of like an Olympic stadium. I think it is must be stock footage. Um, doesn't look like it was shot especially for that film. It's obviously cut and pasted from somewhere else. Huge um, drop in budget. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, well, exactly. That's why it's completely understandable. Completely understandable. But that's just how it looks to me. And it's just like mm, it just. I, it takes, I'm not convinced it, it is understandable, Becca. It's penny pinching. Okay. <laughs> just being tired. But it just takes you out at the moment, unfortunately, and mm. that's how the well, it's, just, it's just a dumb idea because like it's, it's it's almost on the same level as uh, Superman free, uh, Spider-Man free, where, uh, where oh. Peter Parker goes goes eat goes evil. It's just basically oh, you oh, just you're, you're just acting like a dick. You're not actually evil. You're not doing anything that's actually malicious. In yeah, any way. dancing terrible down the street is not evil. <laughs> dancing that was some terrible. Shade. Oh my life. That's not evil. That's just you're a bit of a bell end. <laughs> I, 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 I could go into a bar cinema, with but that's the first time I to walk out and look like fucking self-absorbed. <laughs> I don't think it would make me Genghis Khan or anything. No, dear dear. I think we forgive Tim McGuire for that. Yeah. So they. Uh, so coming. Well, I was going to say coming soon, but that's bollocks. Coming in like ages. <laughs> coming in quite a while. Coming when we'll, we're we'll, goddamn we'll ready. Um, yeah. So After we've done all the westerns. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not let not let Slufer figures out. Oh well, uh, the Quick has worked, um, not, just Partially. not in the same way. So we could use that to our, our advantage. We can just get Superman to do what we want. Then, so what they do is to get Panama Stevenson on top of the uh, Empire Empire State, uh, not Empire State, but the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, the Statue, Statue of Liberty. Liberty. Yeah. And going, oh save me, save me. And he, he basically sort of flies over to get laid. <laughs> He does. <laughs> and it's, and it's, and it, I, I, I don't get this right. If you're like, like, I would say evil, Dick Super, uh, Dick Superman, who doesn't really care. Isn't he called Bizarro or something? I don't know. I, I think that's know. his name. Uh, no, Bizarro is like an alternate version of like Superman, where everything is like backwards. Okay, so it's like Bizarro World. It's this film's version of it, of it really, but yeah. I wouldn't go as far as to say yes, this is Bizarro. No, okay. It's but just the concept, Superman. probably. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, let's call him Dick Superman then. Yeah, Dick. I like him, Dick Superman. I like um, that one. Yeah. Like if you if you literally are like in that that in in that mindset, you fly over, you fly over to like the this chick is basically like off, offering you like. A shag. He said, "Yeah, I just want you to do this one thing for me." I'll oh, fuck off then. I'll go. I'll, you know, I'm fucking Superman, bitch. See you later. <laughs> you know? like, I've got I've got a chick coming around the corner ready to suck my cock. I don't I don't, you know, I don't have to do shit for you. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, I, I, I said this on the um, on on the messenger chat that you know, literally within like a day of. Superman being a dick, he literally gets pussy whipped. <laughs> <laughs> he does, that's true. He literally gets like, you know, oh, come on, Superman, can you just do this one little thing for me? Okay, then. Um, so he goes in like... Chris, of... the man who said, when are you going to fuck me? About uh, Merry Goodnight. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> But it's true. She does. It from your memory. She she does spend the entire film going. When are you gonna fuck me? Um, <laughs> that's that's a whole character thing. Um, so yeah, Superman sort of uh, flies in, uh, flies into an oil tanker, and just 
makes it leak everywhere. I go, see you later. <laughs> Anna. And then... And then... doesn't get any on his outfit. That's no. quite careful. No, it, yeah. that's quite a feat. That's quite an achievement. He, he yeah. also looks weird because, like, how he goes into it, it looks as if he just flies straight into it, as if he's, like, going, like, sort of... He just goes... Yeah, he's sort of, like, flies... Like he's going to come out on, come out the other side, but yeah. the, ne- the next shot is him actually, literally just like peeling back one bit of, <laughs> bit, bit, yeah, and then like another, yeah. It's just it, it's like I don't know, that doesn't look quite right, but all right then. So and then what happens there then? Does he go go back to claim his prize? Uh, his prize being, well, a blowjob, I think. <laughs> Super sex. <laughs> Super sex. <laughs> That's so Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> After super sneeze. <laughs> um, yeah, he basically walks in and does her. Um, and this is what a, a PG is it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Is there an alternate version floating around somewhere? I don't know. Well, where she sucks him off, and we can see it. <laughs> Becca, how, do, how, how graphic do you want it to be? Well, this is a PG, exactly. It shouldn't be graphic at all. You're saying you want to see a harder extended cut? No. Extended, extended in more ways than one. I don't Becca's pure filth, listeners. <laughs> it's quite possibly my dirtiest episode yet. <laughs> well, anyway, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Bedroom. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where we go from here. He goes back and gets, like, fucking blown. Well, yeah, everyone, everyone's going, like, I don't know. The next thing we see, he's in a bar. Oh, yeah, the, yeah the dude's getting yeah. beaten up, isn't he? And he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. He's just sort of drinking and flicking yeah, peanuts. He's, and... he's flicking peanuts at bottles and warping the mirror. With his death ray vision. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Actually, I think Christopher Reeve's pretty good here because he does come off as completely hammered. He's down he with Johnny Walker, and then he walks out and like he's like, "What are you looking at?" I think it's really good. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he just really he's actually really convincing as Dick Superman. I think he is, but Ricky's an annoying little prick here, isn't he? <laughs> he's still a bit of a knob, but he, he's actually he's the one who kind of shakes them. He says, "You know, Superman, he'll be fine. He's just on a slump." Um. And it's that that kind of really that kicks him into motion, really, isn't it? It kind of he's tries to shake so, it off. Yeah. He's the kind now, of the sort of a motivating factor. What do we think is happening here? He lands in the junkyard and splits into two. Is that a visual representation of what's going on in his head? Or do we think that is literally what Kryptonite does and they've split into two? I always well, obviously when you're kids you think like, oh you know, the Superman just splits two. Um but Honestly, I think it's more representation what's going on in his head, um, as to what actually happens on the uh, scrapyard in terms of things get destroyed. I don't know. It could just look like like Edward Norton in Fight Club kind of thing. It could be like that from like any on- onlookers actually watching. But um, I don't know. I don't know. But that, that's that's my take on it. I think it is like in his head. Yeah, I'd kind of be inclined to say the same, really. Um, I'm sort of thinking back to um, Superman 2, you know, where he kind of goes through that process and loses his powers, and you do, you again see that split from Superman and Clark Kent. Um, but yeah, I kind of think it's more of a psychological sort of split, as it were. Um, sort of physically, it would look a bit weird to just see a, a man in a suit beating himself up. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this a, scene is amazing for its era. Oh, definitely, no, I think, yeah, technology is it's fantastic, and it's very... For me, up from from the scene onwards, 
I mean, the film isn't amazing, but it improves greatly for the scene alone. Um, and the scene is probably um, the best scene in the entire film, I think, for me. Um, it's a real high point um, psychologically and plot-wise, um, and also the way it's structured and how it's shot as well. I just wish it was in a better film. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, the, the film itself is completely all over the place, and this just adds to it being completely random, and it's just... It doesn't. It 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 just seemed like everyone on set was just on drugs at the time. But what actually uh, happened was something that actually is probably the best part of the film. You know, which is like a good set um, set piece of of Clark fighting his inner demon, which is with like this evil side to him. You know, um, and it is kind of brutal in a certain sense. I mean, essentially, he strangles him. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of it's quite physical. I mean, he managed to avoid, you know, two crushing engagements, um, <laughs> and it's, it, it does come close to death many times. Um, yeah, and he ends up he ends up kind of strangling Alt, um, Alt Superman, Dick Superman. <laughs> um, I think like psychologically, psychologically, it's quite interesting as well. I think, um, considering what sort of the image of Clark Kent represents, and also what what Superman you know, ultimately represents. Um, yeah, I think it's and physically as well. It's it's quite. You feel like you get you know the the fight itself is obviously quite physical, um, but you can feel punches being blown and impacts being made. They don't just play speed chess. No. <laughs> I think it's really good. I mean, the only thing, the only time I can see it is when he's got his hands around Superman's neck, mm-hmm. and there's a slight movement that I think, yeah, that's not real. And no, otherwise it's quite convincing. That's the well, only I think it's quite, shot, yeah. and it, it's 34 years old at the yeah. time of recording. That, really impressive. That is actually yeah. a good point. You, know, you don't really yeah. question that it's the same act to find each other. I never I never looked at that angle. No, it's very convincing. But I, I do think that maybe, like, I think, we, you know, as we say, that it is uh, all internal. I do wonder whether the uh, the filmmakers actually think that. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe not, actually, no. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually thought like, "Oh yeah, they split in two and, find, and they both fight." Yeah, of course. Um, and then he just magically vanishes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So basically, uh, so now we get to the point where he's now back to being his old old self again. Yeah, yeah and he turns it. A... And when he does go and see Pamela Stevenson, she's all like, you know, "Hey," and he's like, "That wasn't me." <laughs> I just think gone, perfect baby. excuse if she was pregnant, would it? Yeah, like, that's not me. <laughs> yeah, so what if they have their super baby then? Hmm? Hmm? Eh? Where, where would he be then? Mm, indeed. Yeah. Well, it's a simple answer to that. He uh, he pulled out, obviously. Yeah, he, did. he didn't actually have super sex. And then fired into space. <laughs> <laughs> Ejaculated on the moon. Um, so, so one small spurt for man. <laughs> I'll let Becca recover from that joke. Uh, <laughs> We're going to make this episode eighteen and over. Oh. It's a certificate rating yeah. on this episode. Listeners, if you're under 18, don't be cunts. Fuck off. 
<laughs> so yeah, but before that, he does actually go and like redo the uh, the oil spill on the tanker, doesn't he? Just by, you know, as you do blowing the oil back in. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. You're not going to blow a load of seawater in, are you? It's like when he went to freeze the. It's like when he freezed the leg at yeah. the start of the film. He didn't just blow a load of fucking water. <laughs> no. And what about the creatures that live in that lake? Hmm. What about them? Well, it's a bet. He, he just froze the top. He, he saw the lake still there. It's just like no, I know. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm being facetious. That's all okay. Good. Um, so you, you think he would actually freeze the entire lake, wouldn't you? He would, but no. But well, anyway, no, no. Yes, he it's... decides to take a tiny fucking layer off the top. <laughs> yeah. Which will probably that. break before he gets there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like me trying to carry a fucking crisp to Edinburgh. <laughs> it might just break on the way. <laughs> oh no. But hey, he's Superman, what can you do? Um What can so, you do? Yeah. Um I don't know, what can you do, Chris? So well well you can do, you just fly back If to... you're a fit redhead, you can come onto his alter ego. Well you can, well, you can fly fly back to the place. And like I didn't. I didn't. I only sort of um, realised this when I listened to like uh, how this get made, the episode of this, and the fact that like they just left a message there, assuming that oh well, you think we might you might have gone back to being good, so it's this me- it's this message telling you what where you can find us because we now built this supercomputer which has been written on by hand, and and before yeah, we get and he to doesn't that, get there and he's not able to work the video, and you know, and before we get to that. What is Gus's motivation for doing that? Because he's he, he, he's like uh, he pulls out this drawing, like okay, I've designed a supercomputer, and it'll basically do whatever I say. Is can you build it for? What? Why do you need that, Gus? Don't know. Well, he, yeah, and basically he's going to build it in the middle of fucking nowhere, off napkins. <laughs> and it's not and, a and, circuit and, fucking board or anything. They're going off. Literally, he drew it on napkins. And when they were building it, they built it off napkins. <laughs> it's literally a drawing of the outside. It would be a bit like if you know when you're a kid, you draw a house with the sky, and but the sky's like the inch at the top of the fucking picture. And you got like mummy and daddy fucking waving outside and they're stick figures. <laughs> If I submitted that as plans for my new house, that would be about as detailed. <laughs> it's actually just like drawing stick figures. There, there you are. Make, make yeah, a human, making 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 human out of that. Prior was better womanising and setting himself on fire in like drugs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like even from like the character motivation, like okay, so this guy's kind of. Be made to do things by by this rich guy because he's intimidated because he doesn't want to go back to being unemployed anymore. Yeah, because like the seventy million employees, which makes him a good living. Why have you? Why have you made? Why have you just come up for like? Oh, hey, I've made this big supercomputer. Duh, can you make? Can you make? Yeah. Well, why? Why? And it's you... literally just a drawing of the outside of it. He's watched an episode of Doctor Fucking Snuggles. It, it, it's not like he's even asked him to do <laughs> anything like that. He's just, it's literally come up like, "Hey, I've got an idea." What does it do? Anything? <laughs> okay. All right. Brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, just just from that thing alone, it's just like ha- this doesn't make sense. His character doesn't predict- make sense it, at all. He did predict the successor countdown, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, 
So they're going to use this thing for obviously evil reasons, which uh, we don't know what they are. No. <laughs> um, so, so Superman flies in. They tell them where they're going to be. They're like getting in on like little mini hot air balloons, while which Bri gets there on a donkey because floating yeah, donkey. down the Grand Canyon. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't like to. I think that's quite. That's quite. Well, that's one of the funnier moments. I think he's like obviously scared of flying for whatever reason, and obviously the it's, it's a callback to Superman. You know, you'll believe a man can fly, and. You know, he'd rather, Rich Pride would rather go along through the Grand Canyon on a donkey. I think, Becca, you're giving them uh, much more credit for their... Yeah, <laughs> their yeah I, don't think, I don't think the director went and the writers went, there'll be so much thematic richness. <laughs> I'm catching at straws, I'm trying to find something that's decent. Yeah. I think they just thought, I don't know, stick uh, Rich Pride on, uh, on a donkey, that'd be funny, won't it? Right, okay. Yeah, Rich Pride <laughs> does jokes about snorting coke and like fucking screwing anything that moves. This, this is what they've hired here. <laughs> So, uh, Superman's flying on his way, they get there, they turn it on, and think, right, okay, let's kill Superman by firing rockets at him. Which is just bizarre. <laughs> Having said that, this looks like the most amazing computer game ever in 1983. <laughs> it looks like almost it. like a real cartoon. <laughs> um, yeah. That's because I, it was done by Atari. <laughs> I wanted that game. What, the kill Superman Didn't... game? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> didn't they? Didn't they actually make a Superman video game, but never, but didn't release it? They did. Well, they made one. I don't know if they released it or not. I think no. it got cancelled. I get. Yeah, that's I, it. I, but I no, these graphics are good to the Atari. So classic eighties. Completely. But it does look very stylish, though. Well, you know, very pixelated, isn't it? But I yeah, it's, it's all you know. There's a real yeah. kind of nostalgia point, I think. If you come Chris, fuck off! It's era. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they get there. Um, and Richard Pryor gets there while they're at mid, like, firing rockets at him. And he's like, what are you doing? We're trying to kill Superman. Oh, don't do that. Again. <laughs> again, okay. Why are you suddenly caring? Like, you... All of a sudden he grows a conscience. I don't get what that's about. Yeah, there's there's no real... It's like, okay, I get why you wouldn't want to kill Superman, but why weren't you being like that when you originally asked to kill Superman with the kryptonite? Yeah, What's like, going what on here? Yeah. Like... Um, so, it's just, it's, I think it's just something sort of like, the writer suddenly thought, oh no, hang on, we, he needs to be sympathetic, because obviously he, he won't work, work with him being like a flat out evil bad guy, so he has to be sort of lovable and be, redeem himself somewhat, so he have to sort of see, oh no, you, this has gone too far, hang on, this is a machine that you... I say design, drew... Drew, drew on it. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, you designed been, it. You, you've done very well. You had, you had spilt your cappuccino down your chin, so you still had a clean napkin, and you drew this on it. And you... you, you it's the whole thing is your idea, and now you're shocked and amazed that they're going to try and kill Superman with it. Like... Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, we as the audience took it for, you know... Essentially, for granted, like, well, I assume that well, this is gonna have a big sort of fight with Superman, the big, big, massive uh, supercomputer. You know, and Richard Pryor is stunned at this idea. It's like, wow. Yeah, he like, thought they were gonna use it to, like, you yeah. know, do their, like, accounts. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 you're probably just thinking, like, oh no, if I. So, no, hey, this will sort out that half, half fucking penny problem. They'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, he's a little bit. No, don't kill Superman. And they, so um, 
so at which point does Superman get here? Does Superman gets there and they sort of like let's see if he can let's see if he can like what he does without any air and he like fire like a, a bubble around him. He does fine in space without air, so I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. why this is a fucking problem. No, it's, it's better. I think that, that bubble looks better than that saran. Well, that's what I was going to call saran wrap. Um, plastic wrap that he gets thrown at, and you know, in the last film. <laughs> Yeah, it's I a bit know. like someone's gone for a fucking human-size uh, see-through testicle. Yes, <laughs> if you've been back. And wrapped him in that, and he has real problems with it. Yeah, it's like, he does struggle, doesn't he? But he gets through, obviously, because he's Superman. Because he's Superman. He's Superman, and that's it. But he, he has real problems with that kryptonite laser, though, doesn't he? And then they work out real kryptonite. Because Gus has built a computer that like works all this shit out. The ultimate think, well, computer. Why don't you just do that in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think get... clearly, obviously, being on, you know on and benefits, you, you haven't got the money for to build an ultimate computer. But if you see somebody like, um, not but all you gotta Luther, do is type in right. Like, if you don't know, for example, if you've never been to Saturn, and you think what is the chemical composition of it, you type in what's the chemical composition of Saturn. It sorts it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can magically just do stuff. It's literally just, like, create stuff just, just from nothing. Suspend your disbelief. Yeah. This is this is even better than what we would want, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, basically, Superman's getting zapped by imaginary kryptonite. And it's... Kryptonite and, Yeah, and, and now all the bad guys are suddenly starting feeling a little bit sorry for him. Because, you know, because even, like, Pamela Stevens going, like, oh, you know... You have to kill him. They just have like, sex. Well, yeah. Um, so, That's the so, idea. So Gus thought, right, okay, I'm going to bring this whole machine down by pulling out this one tiny little pin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> removing this one screw. Yeah, and and, and turns, the whole, turns the whole thing off, and then... Uh... It's literally just like pressing these buttons. Have you guys <laughs> never had everything fall apart because of one bad screw? Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, it's okay. a... just highly unlikely. It's the one tiny little thing, and I, I love the little sort of interplay that um, Robert Vaughan and Richard Pryor have. It's like it's like it's like the back of the schoolyard, the middle of this big epic fight with Superman, and they're like, "Oh, don't you swallow it? Ooh, ooh, this pin? Oh, oh, oh! I just swallowed it. Yeah. Uh, and the machine just goes, oh, no, I'm turning myself back on, thanks." Brilliant! It wants to live. <laughs> It really does want to yeah. live. He must be a brilliant programmer. And then it's the ultimate computer. He must have typed in, "You really want to live." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know what? You know, if you literally create a, a big machine that can do anything, uh, you know, what yeah, can bad, find what, your weakness. What what bad can come from it? So... <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, and he must have typed in, "You can do anything." <laughs> You can do For anything you. to find anyone's weakness. Um, yeah, so that this is when the villains start going like, uh, oh, I don't know, I, I, this isn't very good, let's try and get Hold out on, of we here. Shouldn't be, yeah, we shouldn't be doing this. Hold on a minute. Yeah, uh, and and then like Superman sort of like buggers off again. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I don't get He does that a lot. I was watching it thinking of Superman 2, thinking he does fuck off a lot. Doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Like, he gets out with the kryptonite laser a few times, so maybe he goes behind a rock. To recover, <laughs> he kind of pisses off and then comes back again. It's like, keep in mind, it's behind a rock. <laughs> well, yeah, no. you got to listen to Kevin Smith talking about his script for the six million dollar man. 
Because, like, one of the big set pieces, it was, like, hides behind a rock. Hides behind a giant rock. Yeah. Well, they are on the Grand Canyon, you know, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah the, the biggest of all rocks there. So, um, yes. yeah, so Gus and Co. try and escape, and they get, uh, like, zapped by... They Well, they basically get held... They get sort of, like, not allowed to leave, essentially, and then you get the thing that is a nightmare for uh, for Becca, what she Ooh. was dreading. Yeah, they kind of get... <laughs> It, it, yeah, it, they get kind of um, held hostage by their own ultimate computer, don't they? They kind of get all Yeah, like... but if you shut it down, all that will disappear. Yeah. With no yeah, questions Yeah, they, they didn't think asked. to do that. I mean, yeah, it is horrific what actually happens, though. It does, like, kind of, like, a scary sort of thing. Uh, uh, yeah, it's quite terrifying. I mean, I, I, I find mm. it a bit, like, a bit discordant, though, because with... Um, I don't know, because, like, at the end, Tortavera obviously she claims to be kind of very keen on computers and she aims to know a lot about them. But you don't kind of... Well, I certainly didn't get that vibe so much throughout the rest of the film um only that she was maybe me meant to be the machinations behind it all um but suddenly so suddenly at the end she gets well not come upon um by actually turning into a robot or some kind of mecha figure um gets kind of like pulled into the machine and you know wires going into and everything it's, it's terrifying but i just kind of think mm, really but i think that yeah as, as i was saying earlier the kind of makeup um it's all quite good. Um, but the overall effect is still a little bit scary. Um, one of the most horrifying deaths in the film. One of the most horrifying deaths in the film. <laughs> what other horrifying deaths were there, Becca? <laughs> Just hers. <laughs> Apart from those other people who died and, in the chemical explosion. And then... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, then, d- 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 I... Does she actually die though? Does well, the... No, she, well, she doesn't really. No, she's she fine afraid, afterwards, but... and everything that's been like fucking stuck to her body just disappears. No explanation. No, that's a bit weird. Well, he just gets fit. Oh, well, you have to go deal with the police. So, all right. Yeah. Uh... You, you, you don't. Yeah, you don't no, really you kind do of see, see her. You do see her. You honestly, you do see her uncovered, and she's back to normal. Yeah, she's okay. So, but apart from, apart from that, you kind of left it a bit of a loose end. It's just like because you don't oh, see. Brilliant. You don't see Pamela Stevenson after as well, do you? And it's like, well, what happens to her? Yeah, but she's you know? shag- shagging Billy Connolly. <laughs> well, yeah, she also misses Billy Connolly. So they met fine. roughly around this time, so that's what mm-hmm. she's doing. <laughs> Going on tour with the begin. So. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, uh, ro- robot, um, <laughs> ro- <laughs> Robo Vera. Ro- yeah, Robo Vera comes out, uh, and like, and, and zaps them with a non lethal, uh, floaty ball. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You tell by her hair she's a big Lil Metal fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, dear. 80s. Yeah, she's like the biggest hair going. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, like we we could talk we could talk all night for that. It'd be like an ever in the story, wouldn't it? Oh, we would just go on and on and on. <laughs> on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm, but I'm too shy. To... Don't be too shy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be too shy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, Superman's sort of like... What do you reckon he's up to now? Hang on, let's have a look. Is he releasing a new album or what? Oh, I'm sure he's fucking massive. He's still got his official website and you think, what's the fucking point? <laughs> 80s trend's coming back now, so... Well, let's fucking hurry up. So while Dave looks up <laughs> Mars... what the Mars doing now. Uh... <laughs> what happened to his career? Oh... Down, was he, you know, down, down the 80s, wasn't it? Made his money, made his money. So, uh, yeah, Superman returns, yeah, Superman returns with, um, with with that sort of magic acid and and the and the computer scans it go, oh, he's hiding acid, that is no threat. Ha ha ha. It's fine, I'm invincible, like Boris. Yeah. 
I just thought about this. It's like earlier in the film, his big fucking like action sequence was just like giving people a tunnel to jump down. And his big action sequence here is walking in with some liquid. It's not It's not great, great is, it? is it? No. <laughs> well, liquid that kind of turns into strawberry jam. It is kind of like uh, a little bit scary after seeing what happens with Varian. See Superman gets sucked into the, in the machine, getting like strangled by wires and stuff. And he's sort of going to take off the lid, you know. Um, and then, yeah, the, it's, it, it, it bubbles up, splashes on a few things and just drops to the floor. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and and the whole thing explodes, mm. and and people Lord John Wick. Oh, <laughs> it's just like you know, this was all done better thirty years ago, folks. What John Wick? Yeah, you don't need stuff like John Wick when you oh, do action like this. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, by and large, we're all getting cuts back to Metropolis on a subway where. Uh, what, the big apricot? <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit weird, wasn't it? Obviously, you can't have that big apples. Like, mm, let's have the big apricot. That, that is real. I had to look that up because I thought that can't be real. But that is what Metropolis has always been known as in the... Um, uh, oh, in the uh, Superman comics? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that was that, clearly not a That fun sounds fact. like the dumbest thing in the world. Fun fact, folks. It just pick a fucking... You know, pick a fucking fruit. Well, that's... Um, that's, 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 your area, yeah. that's, fun. <laughs> that's, that's your fruity corner, Chris. Yeah. Sexy tangerine. That's a uh, that's fruity corner. Big fur melons. <laughs> that's fruit, folks. That's fruit, folks. Yeah, because that, that's that's the only bit of fruit in this song. Because this this film's shit for fruit. Has no fruit it in it whatsoever. Yeah, you don't get your five well, a day with this. You have one, decided with you in the Godfather of fuck me. Do you get some citrus fun in that? <laughs> yeah, plenty of coffee. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, um, and get vitamin C. So Superman destroys the the, uh, the big machine, and, and and just completely ignores the bad guys and, and decides to like fly Gus. Cause you know what? He's not so bad. He's not so bad. The rest <laughs> of them have to talk to the police. For some reason, Gus does not. Yes, it's like <laughs> no. to talk to the police, and I'm thinking, well, why doesn't he then? It's all right. I I, I saw you being. Sad. I only I, I only designed it. Yeah, yeah, it's okay because I saw you being sad about them killing me. So yeah, yeah. not only that, you did some funny like dick and fart jokes on Sunset Boulevard, <laughs> or whatever, or live on the Sunset Strip or whatever it was. Yeah, so Superman does the thing where he's like, right, okay, I'm gonna fly you back to Metropolis and gonna sort of give you a chance, and he just finds. I'm gonna do do a quick stop at this uh, coal pit. Let me just sort of like possibly illegally just like make myself a diamond. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And um, say hi to Larry Lamb. Yeah, it was on someone's land, but all right. <laughs> and I go, I go like, oh hey, his his guy's good computer. Uh, give him a job, and the guy go, yeah, all right then. Well, you've got a good reference there. And it's like he goes, nah, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, he, just, he refuses to point up. It's to like, be what? fair, it's in the arse end of nowhere, and he lives nowhere near that. It's like quite a lot of shit to arrange if he wants to work there. I know. I know. I mean, like... And also, he says, you've got computers. And it's like, well, the boss has got like a small one in the <laughs> office or something. We've got no idea how computerized or not this office is. You think about all the money he can fraud off that little computer alone. <laughs> he can make himself I just fortune. think, like, basically, that yeah, yeah, the boss plays fucking solitaire every lunchtime. Well, he hired this guy. <laughs> he, he, he can design you a computer, can do anything. 
You can literally yeah. do all the work for you and not try and take over the world. Um, this sounds like it might be bollocks, Chris. But but on the on the sheer principle of it, like Superman gets, like sort of drops him off, give, gives him a job, like as a give you like a start in life. And he goes, "Nah, I'm good, thanks." And I just think, where's your fucking arc? Where's your lesson you've learned from this? Nothing. Nothing. He's going to go back Nothing to being unemployed, albeit probably in a different state. <laughs> We've never seen where he lives anyway. Is he on yeah. a fixed fucking abode at all? We don't know. Oh, we know he lives in Metropolis. That's about it, as far as we know. We don't know anything about him. Um, and and then he sort of, and then he tries to show off as if to sort of pretend like, oh yeah, I fly around with Superman all the time, as if like, as if like. Why? I, I never... Well, like... well, to be honest, none of the news reports suggest some black man fucking in the air <laughs> dressed casually beside him. So I can't imagine anyone's going to believe that. <laughs> you know, I just like don't get what his idea like, is if he's going to magically start flying up in the air. He doesn't want to work there. He's going to walk 10 miles to disappear anyway. Why is he yeah. trying to... Some... It's bollocks, though, isn't it? So... Perhaps if it was, you know, perhaps if it had been that woman from Flashdance or something. Possibly. Stuff, he'd have been like, hello. I, I think he's way better on fire talking about cheating on his wife. <laughs> he's, he's been funnier. Yeah, he's been funnier in films. Be, I mean, he's been, he's been funnier in Harlem Nights. They so never that's found same. out. I mean, he was all right with Gene Wilder, but they never really worked out what to do with him. Because, and in, in I mean, always, said, I know. Kind of... I mean, Eddie Murphy's done a lot of really shit family stuff. But at least you could look at his first three and go, they absolutely captured what works about him on the big screen. And I'm not really sure they ever did that with Richard Pryor. The overall standard might even be higher than, like, Eddie Murphy's, but, like, he he didn't do, like, 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, Trading Places. He did nothing of that standard. The closest he probably ever got was something like Stir Crazy, which was okay. Well, um... Originally in um, in uh, what, what's it called? Uh, it should ma- have been in Blazing Saddles. Yeah, Blazing Saddles. He, wrote it, he was going to play the lead, and then they decided like a co-cattled womanizer might not be the way to go, which I think is really silly for quite an adult film. Yeah. Um, so it could have been Richard Pryor in that film. That could have been Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder as well. Um, but but again, I think that goes to what you're saying. That sort of that works to his more sensibility, though, doesn't it? Really. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying they couldn't have done anything mm. with him on the big screen, but I'm just saying they never yeah. really did. They kept they kept trying to make him like uh, digestible by like a family audience, and I just think, well, like, why do you bother? H- half of the, I mean, no co- no comedian or, or, or very few comedians ever really want to admit like the word "fuck" is funny because they think they're so much more than that, and they are, because if you came out and just swore, you wouldn't last, like, 30 years as a piece, uh, as, yeah. a, as a stand-up or anything. But the fact is that, like, he thought he could do something that didn't have that in it, but frankly, he's not that funny when he's not being relatively lewd. He did his best. I mean, he improvised most of this, and he did okay. I, d- I don't think he's, like, an unpleasant um, part of the film particularly. But they've never really worked out what to do with him. And as I say, the closest was the stuff he did with Gene Wilder, certainly the first couple, because they were kind of fairly adult. 
but I don't know why they put him in Family Fair. I still, to this day, don't understand why anyone puts Eddie Murphy in Family Fair. I think because now... Like, that totally misses... I mean, now, yeah, because it's been 20-odd years. But I don't know why anyone started doing that, because that is just so not what he was and not how he made his name. Probably to... I mean, probably in more case of sort of chasing the, the wider audience, really. It's like yeah. making like a bigger but, hit. Yeah, right. If we can capture this, but tone it down so everyone can enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I get. I mean, I I I have to like look at um, Eddie Murphy's filmography and, and like and see where where we kind of like sort because he he tends to sort of soften up in the in the kind of like roundabout mid nineties really. He, he disappeared. If if you think yeah, like the early nineties, he was doing stuff like um, Harlem Nights and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, I think it was around that time, possibly Beverly Hills Cop Three as well. He took a year or two off, and I saw him interviewed where he said, I did a couple of shitty films. And I know uh, Harlem Nights was one of them, but I can't remember what the other one was. Don't think it was Beverly Hills Cop 3, because it was a little bit later. Possibly but it was Boomerang. Around then. Boomerang? I guess it, yeah, it was that, around that time. But Boomerang um, was a hit, though, wasn't came, it? At least. When, yeah, but when he came back, he did... He started going a little bit more for, like, Family stuff. Mm. I think it was Naughty Professor did it because that was generally funny. And that was more family fair, and I think it just carried on from there. And then it was Doctor Doolittle and Daddy yeah. Daycare, and yeah. <clears throat> um, and the problem with Eddie Murphy now is just he just hasn't got it. He's lost it. He's not funny anymore, um, which is a shame. Yeah, um, at least Richard Pryor never stopped really being a stand-up. He did films on the side. Mm. Whereas, like, Eddie Murphy seemed to give that up to be in films. Yeah. Which is a shame, because I'd love to see what Eddie Murphy, like, would be like what now. What he would do now. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I kind of agree. I mean, uh, Richard Pryor is very much from the same sort of ilk as, as a George Carlin or something. You know, George Carlin's a lot more mm. political. But, like, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not a great one for, like, the golden era of, because I think every generation has its good stuff. Mm-hmm. But around the time Richard Pryor was active, like George Carlin was as well, and, and he just did some wonderful stuff between them. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's a shame. This this is okay. I, I just think casting him on the basis of he appeared on Carson and fancies it, not the best idea when your target audience is largely children. And would, would, would we have comic book fans as well? Like to the extent that we have today, yeah, of course we would. So he's probably probably more so. I mean, comic books don't sell as well now as they did, let's say, fifty years ago. I can't speak for say thirty years ago. Um. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, there are always comic book fans and and stuff. And I, I just think this is the first sign. This strikes me as a film that's made because they 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 feel they ought to make a Superman film. And it's like, well, it's time. Let's dream up some adventure who's popular. It's very product. And, and I felt when I look at the Bond films, I think through Thunderball, they had something to say. And after that, they kind of started struggling a bit, majesties aside. Mm. And I think it's kind of similar to that. It's not really that bad. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Becca's going to say next week. Because... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> 
it's it it really i mean that is like we we haven't covered a film that incompetent yet we we've covered films that like we all hate and we've covered films that like even if we kind of like we admit are bad i mean there, but, i was just trying to think there are some like spider-man 3 um of the toby Maguire series I think that's probably one of the worst films I've seen. No, it's worse than that. It's fine. I was just trying to think of, you know... Spider-Man 3 is at least sort of semi-competent. No, this is it. I I kind of wonder if there's anything that's going to be... No, I mean, the effects are terrible. The acting's terrible. Christopher Reeve isn't even particularly good in it. Oh, dear. And they've cut out, like, a massive chunk of it, so it doesn't make sense. Oh. So in in one scene, um, this is the only thing I'm going to give away... Okay. Nuclear man turns up and says, "Where's the woman?" Oh. And that nuclear man has never met the woman, and it's because they've cut a load of stuff out, so it doesn't make any sense. Oh right, okay. Um, it's really bad. We we have not. I'm I'm not saying it's the film you'll hate most, but objectively, we've never carried. We've never covered a film this bad. Okay. This, this film had its budget cut from like 38 million to 17. Oh right, right on the eve of shooting, so it's really, really cheap and nasty. Christopher Reeves wearing a terrible wig. I've I've read some somewhere people said, "Oh, he was fat." He wasn't. I think quite the opposite, actually. I don't think he's bulked up enough for it. I don't think he's put enough effort in. He's looking too lean. If anything, they go on like the subway, and it is clearly the London Underground. <laughs> uh, there are so- there are signs where they they get confused and put New York instead of Metropolis. None of it really makes any sense, and it's really, really bad. And you've got people flying in space without oxygen and talking to each other. Oh dear. It's the really, characters. No, it's just like, I just think, well, like, didn't any of the actors say, I'm not doing that, that's stupid. <laughs> um, but I can't wait for to whatever see this reason, they all just went, yeah, whatever. But uh, And there are scenes, and I've only ever seen it in, what film was it? It was, it was Never Say Never Again, I think where there were a couple of kids on the beach and these like missiles flew over their head and they didn't even look and it's because the missiles were put on afterwards well there's scenes like that in this superman fl- flies down the tunnel in what is clearly the london Underground, <laughs> yeah and none of the commuters even fucking look and it's because like the director is too dumb or too stupid to go turn right now it's really really shit um, and and the guy who plays Nuclear Man's never been in a film since, which tells you something. Oh dear, killed his career. Yeah, killed his career. It's funny he turned up. He turned up at the premiere dressed as Nuclear Man, which is funny. He was a royal premiere. <laughs> who is he? I must find yeah, out. Yeah, he, he met the Queen dressed like that. <laughs> I wonder if he uh, talked like in a in that Gene Ackman voice. Where's the woman? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Queen? So, uh, so back to uh, Superman Three. Uh, so. Um, Clark has managed to uh, get uh, Lara Lang a job um, at Daily Planet. Well, let's say something nice about this film. Firstly, I think um, Lana Lang, unlike Lois, genuinely likes Clark probably more than Superman. Yeah. When Superman can't make it for dinner, will you make do with me? She's like, oh, anytime. She really, really likes Clark. He's the one that got away. Uh, for, uh, forgetting what's happened in Superman 2 because if you think about Superman 2 too much it will drive you mad um, you almost get the impression if, if she wanted Clark he'd go for it 
And I do sometimes wonder, is that just lazy filmmaking? That's probably the answer, by the way. Or is it that because she wants Clark more than Superman, he thinks he might be able to make a life with her, whereas Lois is in love with Superman? Yeah. yeah. But you do get the impression through this, sometimes when he's on the phone, he's like, he really does have feelings for her. Well, it's the old sweetheart, isn't it? The old sweetheart crush from school. So, yeah, it's like I think there's a there's definitely like a I guess equated something that's not been finished, not been tied up. You know, the, you know, he's never he's never tied, tied her up. <laughs> he's never tied her up. <laughs> no, he's never gone all four fifty shades of her. <laughs> so. One that he's the one that got away. She just didn't tie him up tight enough. But I, I do think it's kind of funny how, like, you just sort of, you know, it is a diamond ring. So you might like, what if if that was really was the case? What is it a bit like more of a, an insecure thing that he has to use Superman to kind of like entice her? Uh, that ring that's on her finger is fucking ludicrous. Have you noticed the size of the fucking rock on it? It's very pretty. It's, it's massive. It's very sparkly. It was the eighties. Everything was big, you know, shoulder pads, hair, jewelry. It's all about a statement. Right. The eighties men have bigger dicks. And it, and it, and, <laughs> and it's not at all uh, suspicious that like a like a like an actual lonely journalist, it's like a wedding ger- ring. journalist can afford that. Yeah, he's bought the most expensive fucking diamond ever. It's the fuck, It's like the Pink Panther. It's fucking massive. It is, it is quite a big diamond. I, I would be like, you know, if it was me, I'd be like, uh, on your salary, you know. Yeah. But it's very pretty. It's very sparkly, I must say. But, um, yeah, and I, I do think it's kind of funny how, like, now, like, uh, Superman's now going to, like, rub it in with Lois Lane, like, having, like, his new lover's life working with her. <laughs> so he just got that. Yeah. I mean, if, if two is in continuity, this is nonsense. He's accepted he can't fall in love. Having said that, I did think of, like, Insurrection a couple of times watching this. Because I oh, was really? like, yeah, she is a bit of a milf, isn't she? <laughs> she is. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Lovely Lala Lang. Oh, <sighs> have, have you ever noticed that uh, Superman's love interests all like have the same initials, LL? Yes, they do. Yeah. But that's, that's, but that's common for most superheroes, like, you know, like Peter Parker. Um, they tend to. Yeah, they have literature's names, don't they? Certainly tries to go with the same, yeah, letter, Peter yeah, Parker. Yeah, I think that's interesting, though. I wonder if it's just. I wonder why uh, they do that. If it's just for kind of memory or sort of language purposes. I don't know. Obviously, obviously not all the cases. Because you got like you know Bruce Wayne, you know Steve Rogers, and that. Yeah, but again, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly quite common within Marvel and D- uh, Marvel and DC. But interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Talking of which. I have some fun facts right here. <laughs> do you? <laughs> no. I've got five fun facts. All right. Um, yeah, fun fact number one: um, this was nominated for two Razzie Awards in 1984. Um, Richard Pryor for worst supporting actor, and Georgia Moroja for worst musical score. The Razzies are a load of bollocks, aren't they? <laughs> just on the basis that they just jump on the bandwagon of whatever might be a bit shit. This film is not very good, but is honestly Richard Pryor the worst supporting performance of this year. It's it's kind of like fuck the, off, you lazy twat. He clearly didn't win. He clearly didn't win. Obviously, he was nominated, but I I don't know who won that year. But um, he obviously didn't win the Razzie, did he? So 
It's um, it's just like the Oscars, though, isn't it? They just yeah, it's, yeah, it's the alternate to the Oscars, really, isn't it? Pretty much, so. Yeah, I mean, I think didn't um like when when Catwoman came out, obviously Halle Berry. It's way lazy. The, it, I mean, didn't she win the Oscar and the Razzie in the same year? Yeah, I mean, at least I get the impression with the Oscars, there might be a bit of bandwagoning in that, like what's popular and all the rest of it, but I do at least get the impression they're trying to reward quality, whereas the Razzies are just like, it, it's just fucking bingo. It's just like what what name <laughs> can we? It, it is. It's just like well that name, this name, that name house you know it's bollocks. Yeah, it's it. like you know if, if michael bay ever like releases a film that year guaranteed that'll be there if like a, a shit film comes out and it is pretty bad nowhere near the worst of its year it's just kind of high profile like a lindsay lohan film or something and then they will nominate every aspect of it and it's like, this is not the most incompetent film of 1983. I'm not even defending it. It's not particularly good. And I don't think Richard Pryor should have been in it. But, like, worst performance of the year. Don't be such a twat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I agree, Dave. <laughs> yes, concur, concur. But no, also, it's a bit... That's fun, folks! <laughs> <laughs> also, with the Razzies, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek as well, isn't it? I mean, also, it's not serious award. Um... You know, you, you, you go out your way to, you want to earn the, the Oscar or the, or the BAFTA rather than a Razzie. But it's, yeah, there's a sort of certain tongue in cheekness about it, I think. So, other fun facts I have at my disposal are um, yeah, as we, we were discussing earlier about um, Gus's embezzlement or not. Um, so, the technique to embezzle fractions of a cent, um, there's no like proper name for it, it's known as like salami slicing, apparently. Um, and obviously it's illegal, so don't do it. Um, but that's from um, the Superman 3 Wikia, so make whatever you will of that. To be honest, um, the average company's got, like, how many employees? Half a penny per employee. You're not going to get that rich. Well, no, you're not, exactly. And plus, you're not going to know about Thankfully, it. Thankfully, this company has, like, I don't know, a tenth of the population or Billions, something. billions. Fucking bollocks. <laughs> But no, I think if you well, bar systems are down. Apparently, it can it can be done, but it's not worth it. So just get a proper job. It is actually the plot of Office Space. Yeah, they do mention it, and they kind of they dig and say, "Oh, actually, quite Superman Three is very underrated." But yeah, I've not seen Office Space in years. Oh my god, I must revisit that film. It's great. So Office funny. Space. It is a classic. Absolutely. That classic. is Superman Three. <laughs> Much better <laughs> by miles. Mm. No in Statue fact, of Liberty based blowjobs though. No. <laughs> That's a shame. No. Oh. But you do get most people. Lucy for sex. Fun fact number three: uh, we're all over Beethoven, the Beatles version. Um, obviously, as a reference to Rich Lester, Lester directing uh, Hard Day's Night and Help. Um, fun fact number four: this but is not only... Beethoven. No, sadly not. <laughs> number four: the only film in the Superman series to not feature Fortress of Solitude or Go to Krypton, um, or mention the Phantom Zone in any way, shape, or form. And fun fact number five: finally. Um, and at O'Toole, um, obviously, would go on to play um, Clark Mum in TV version of Smallville. That's my five fun fact. Why do you say that name? Martha! <laughs> She's a MILF! <laughs> That's quite aggressive, Dave. Yeah, that was my, that was my Affleck, my Batfleck impression. Yeah. I'm kind of glad we're not going to cover that just yet. Save oh. Martha! Which Save one? Martha! <laughs> Martha won't die tonight. Because you said her name. Thinking about that's really, really cheesy, isn't it? 
That it was line, very cheesy. That Martha won't die tonight, love. She'll die tomorrow. <laughs> I'll keep them busy till just after midnight and five. <laughs> Dave sounds a bit like the guy from Scream <laughs> as well on the train. Do he doesn't. What's your favorite? What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> so he just freaked me out there. Dave doesn't sound anything like him. I didn't. I really didn't. That was more like Dirty Harry than fucking Ghostface. But there you go. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? That's a bit Ooh, more like it. That's a bit like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's still not very good. I'm not going to lie. But... still shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, we've proved what rare fucking talents we are. <laughs> yes. No wonder we've got an unpaid podcast where we talk <laughs> shit for two hours and that's the most we've ever achieved. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes we talk shit for two and a half hours. Yeah, true onwards and upwards. That's to be fair, yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, uh, final thoughts. Um, this film's pretty random and crap. Uh, but, um, it's but... pretty weak. I mean, I don't I don't think it's a particularly good film, but it's not hateful. It does remind me of doing some of the latest. It's worse than most of them, but it's, it's very like the second half of the Star Trek series in that like, I'm struggling to get much of an opinion. That's not really the case next week. We are going to cover a film that, like, it's you can't switch off to its flaws. Um, it's very, it's very, it's often, like a flaw per shot, isn't it? Well, I have heard it referenced that, like, this is Batman Forever to like next week's Batman and Robin. But whatever you think of the relative merits of those films, and there's no doubt Batman and Robin's a lot worse than Forever. Um, they at least feel like they're from the same director, same studio, same kind of budget level. Whereas this film just feels, um, this is cheaper than last week, but it still feels like, it still feels like a film. Next week just feels like extraordinarily compromised. Um, neither of them are great. Um, it's not very good. It's not very entertaining. Quite clearly, they couldn't get Lex back, so they've done a facsimile of him. Richard Pryor was at the peak of his power, so they've crowbarred him into the film. And none of it really hangs together that well, but none of it's wildly incompetent either. So it's not a film I like. It's not a film I resent or hate either. Becca, what do you think? Final thoughts? Final thoughts? Yeah, it's just... Um... It's not amazing, but as you say, Dave, it's not hideously terrible either. It's decidedly average. Um, yeah, it's, it's very confused as to who, who the audience is and who this film was for. Um, as I say, I, I, I actually I, I will kind of give honourable mention um, to Vaughan. I think he does he does an admirable I can't speak an admirable job in this film. Um, he's obviously not Lex Luthor, um, the same normal <laughs> name, but. Um, you know, he's got. If, if you want somebody who's kind of, you know, kind of very stylish, um, but also maybe a bit kind of smarmy as well, he's, you know, he does he does well in the role. Um, he's okay. I mean, I don't think he's, he's actually given anything to do. No, he's given very little to do, but the, the very little that he has to do, he does quite well with. Um, it's sort of like kind yeah, of see the underside to Napoleon Solo. Socks and shit. <laughs> no, that's it. But you kind of get the impression that he's a bit of a smarmy, seedy business dude. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what he did, did actually do. He fell off his chair in it though. He did. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Where was Ted Danson? Well, 
Robert, Robert Vaughan wants head dancer nil. Nil. Yeah, so it's decidedly average um, for me. Um, yeah. Two yeah. and a half out of five. <laughs> yeah, two and a half out of five. No, yeah. three out of five? <laughs> no, I've gone down a little bit. Yeah. It, I, I think as a film, it's really, really piss poor. Um, it has moments of merit. Um, it's okay to watch. It's enjoyable and, and kind of like, what the fuck is this shit? Uh, so in that sense, I kind of have enjoyed my time of it. But it's not in any way, shape or form a good film. At all. So, uh, yeah. Um, five stars for me. Uh, <laughs> That's out of uh, 17, though. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, thank God we're moving on to uh, a, a best. Classic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my uh, my first, well, my first memory of a cinematic. Oh dear! I mean, honestly, there are TV episodes now with higher budgets <laughs> than this. Um, they are. I'll, I'll tell a bit of the story next week. I won't bother with with it now, but this got really compromised. Having said that even with its full budget, there are things in this that you think, well, if you were going to put that in the original cut, that's fucking nonsense. So, um, it's really, really poor. And it, it's like talking to Star Trek. It's like some of the worst of Star Trek in that it is worse than any Star Trek film. It is. But at the same time, it's, it's got that sort of preachy element to it that you think, why are you even bothering what do you think you're teaching me here? You know, um, and there's a point in the film where having uh, flown around in space with no oxygen, just chatting away, he, he says that he won thanks to high school like physics. And you think, oh. well, you've just invoked science in a film that has just taken a massive dump all over anything <laughs> science related. <laughs> It's not a very good film. Having said that, all I would say, Becker, and I think I've said this already, is watch it as carefully as you can. And I don't mean pour over every frame. I just mean put everything down and like pay attention to it because almost every scene is like, really? It is. <laughs> it might. It, it won't be the one we hate most, I don't think, but it might be the worst film we ever cover. <laughs> I get the feeling we might enjoy it just because it's so bad. It's that incompetent. I promise you, it is that incompetent from the yeah. very first do you, scene. Do you reckon um, Gene Hackman was pretty embarrassed for by being involved in this entire thing? Well, I mean, you think about it. He didn't want to. Um, he didn't want to work with the Salkins again. The Salkins sell it off after the next film. So after this film, sorry. So the next film is not the Salkins. It's not Richard Lester. And so he probably thought, yeah, well, I'm safe to go back now. Chris Reeves still involved. Um, and yeah, they. Chris Reeve was embarrassed by it. I'll talk more about that next week. It's really, really bad. There are there. there I wouldn't even say that with a better budget and a better writer, it would have been better. There's just so much wrong with it. But it certainly was compromised by having all its budget cut away right on the eve of shooting. Um, Richard Lester uh, leaves the series after tonight's film. Pretty much the last thing he ever did, apart from a Paul McCartney concert film, 
was there was a return of the Musketeers film in 1988-89, one of the two. I think it was 89. And while they were filming it, Roy Kinnear, father of Rory Kinnear, who is Mm. Tanner in the Bond films, uh, was thrown from a horse and killed. Uh, And Richard Lester really pretty much never worked again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty hard to come back after something like that tragic. But I did remember reading about it and... Just uh, recently, just going over Richard West's screen, I thought, fucking hell, that's pretty bad. That's yeah, that's tragic, isn't it? That's yeah. it? It's funny because I remember, well, funny's the wrong word. I'm really sorry. I don't mean it like that. But around the time he died, when it was being reported in the press and his funeral happened, there was a picture of his young son sobbing at his mm. funeral. And I do remember looking at it and thinking, what the fuck have they, and I was a kid. Mm. But I just remember thinking, what the fuck have they put that in the paper for? He's a child mourning his dad. And now I think about it, relative to their age, that must have been Rory Kinnear. Yeah. Which paper was it? Do you remember? Oh, it was one of the tabloids. I can't remember which. Yeah. The Sun, something like that. Might even have been the Mail, because it's just as bad. But yeah, it was one of the tabloids. No, it's it's very tragic. One one of the rags, yeah. One of the... Anyway. Red tops. Anyway. On that note, that's fun, folks. So, uh, what? <laughs> so, where can you find us on social media? You can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Cinematronics, even though I'm probably not going to be posting much. But I guess we'll see. <laughs> Taking a break for a minute, aren't you? Well, I said that I've just tweeted something, so. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll, I'll see how it goes. If, if if I'm not tweeting, then I might be taking a bit of a break. If not, I might just I don't know. I I, I think I'm just like a bit sick of social media at the moment. Uh, everything's a little bit too political at the moment. I just like oh, for Christ's sake! Like I just like looking through uh, Mark Camo's Twitter feed, and everything was all about Donald Trump. I was like, when are you going to start talking about movies? So, tweet um, him, see what he says. Huh? Yeah. Tweet him, see what he, he says. You might get a read out on Friday's show. He might just tell me to fuck off, uh, which I, I, <laughs> I imagine he's yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah, think don't do that. Maybe I, I don't think he'd listen. I don't think he actually no. will say fuck off. That's not like him. But in no, in other words, um, yeah. So you can find me at Cinematronics. Uh, you can find my podcast at Cinematronics.co.uk. Uh, we are on Twitter at expect us to talk, um, and you can also drop us an email expect us to talk at gmail dot com. Um, you can also search for us using the name Expect Us to Talk on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and you can also, as well as Chris's website, cinematronics.co.uk, you can also find us on iTunes if you search for Do You Expect Us to Talk? Um, and leave us a growing five-star review. Helps us to rank higher up the charts and get more of your listeners. Oh, shit, listeners, we don't care. It's all numbers. If you are a bellend, feel free to listen. Alternate if you're not, if you're nice, also listen. Yeah, we don't discriminate. We do, we, 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 quite, we are quite happy to, have, happy to have complete wankers listening to us. <laughs> this is why we're not going to go anywhere. That'll be kind of nice things. Well, you know, Chris is complaining about politics, but all those fucking arseholes who like voted for Trump and look where he is now. Arsehole listeners do not necessarily suggest we're going to fail. No. <laughs> Just now there are a bunch of psychiatrists apparently saying his mental health isn't means that he's not fit to be president. It's like, I'm a bit late for that now. Yeah, to be honest with you, 
I'm not a Trump fan, but I would have thought, surely you've got to examine people, not just read their Twitter account. Well, exactly, yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, I don't take that as, as gospel. Because, frankly, if you read my Twitter account and Facebook, you'd think I was a drunk asshole. And we know how misleading that is. We know the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's, that's not a very fair assumption to make, because obviously oh, yeah. On that note... <laughs> Oh no, yes, we will return next week for Superman. Who are we, Becca? <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. This episode has turned out more funner than what I expected. Oh, yeah. well, funner? It's absolutely <laughs> one of the funnerest of the <laughs> third installments. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> do you like to talk or return with the fourth installment, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace? <laughs>